Pastor Xavier Reese illustrates how the joy of the Lord is our strength. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Joy is not the natural process of the sinful man, the natural man. Joy is a result of the work of the Spirit of God. So we might say James is telling us not to dare confront any trials in the energies of the flesh. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. In the Gospel of John, Jesus warned, In the world you will have tribulation. That's not a prospect that would brighten anyone's day. But we also learn from Scripture that tests of faith do in fact have a purpose. And it's the purpose of such tests that we'll be examining today in a Simple Truth study titled, Riches Through Trials. Pastor Xavier begins by reading our text for today, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The oyster is an amazing animal, it has the ability to produce pearls of great price. It's the result of a grain of sand coming into the shell and by a process of irritation, the oyster excretes certain fluids and layer upon layer is wrapped around the grain of sand and what was once an irritating thing becomes a very valuable thing, a pearl. So the believer through trials and the trials of his faith has the ability to turn those trials into tremendous valuable riches. But like the oyster, he has to die to self. It can't come apart from that. And so James gives to us here spiritual counsel regarding trials. Now I know that none of you go through that, so you can probably just sit back and relax and not jot these things down. James gives us three important elements in terms of counseling regarding trials. In verse 2, he says the believer is to have a proper attitude. In verse 3, he says the believer is to have perceptive awareness. And in verse 4, the believer is to have personal accountability. Let's look at the first, that the believer is to have a proper attitude regarding trials. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. Just at the hearing of that, we're not too receptive. Because we equate trials with pain. We equate trials with a lot of negative things. James implies, first of all here, that trials are the normal experience of the believer. Don't miss that. How often, I don't know why and I don't know how, 
because we certainly cannot come to that conclusion by reading the Old or the New Testament. But somehow we think that the Christian life, if it has to have some trials, surely they're not to be so extreme that it causes me anguish. Surely that would not be God. And yet Jesus said, In the world you shall have tribulations. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The very same mouth that said, Your sins will be forgiven. Mark that well. He says, In the world you shall have tribulations. I don't usually like to claim the negative things in my life. But God forces me to take the whole package I cannot take the pluses and leave the negatives. Paul told the converts he had just preached to in Asia Minor in his first missionary journey. Exciting message for new converts. Listen. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Peter tells us that we are not to think it strange when we fall into not just trials, but fiery trials which are to try us as though some strange thing has happened to us. You get the idea? Trials are normal for the Christian life. And yet, at times, people feel like, what is going on? What's God's trip? Has He saved me to kill me? Technically, yes. That's exactly what He saved you for. So James implies that trials are the normal experience for the believer. Mark that well. He also implies that if we don't have this conscious attitude, we will respond to the trials in the flesh instead of the spirit. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Joy is not the natural process of the sinful man, the old man. The natural man. Joy is a result of the work of the Spirit of God. So we might say James is telling us not to dare confront any trials in the energies of the flesh. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me give you one more reason we're to rejoice. We're to rejoice because we have another glorious opportunity to be partakers of Christ's suffering, Peter tells us. Whenever I get in a trial, whenever God allows a trial to come to my life, then it means that I have another privileged time to get so close, so intimate with Jesus Christ that I experience Him in His sufferings. Now, that's a lot different from what we have heard many times. We have heard that we are to rejoice and be full of joy when we are going through trials or for the trial. No, that's not what it says. James says when you fall into various trials. There are some tragic things that take place in our life. And God would not want you to rejoice over them. It's not for it or in it. 
or through it, but it's the fact that we rejoice that when trials come, we know that it's normal and we know that God's in it. That's the joy. James also tells us that if we are to have a proper attitude, we are to realize that these trials are of various kinds. Now, we don't mind having little trials that we can kind of help God along or come alongside and, and kind of just, you know, come out like a knight in shiny armor and say, hey, man, I'm hot. But why the big ones? Why the ones that seem to stretch me? How about the ones that almost seem like they're going to tear you apart? Why those? The word various denotes a party color or a multicolor. It's used of different types of diseases in Matthew 4.24. And it's also used of different types of lust in 2 Timothy 3.6. And so testings and trials come in different levels, different colors, different sizes, but make sure that God gives you a full experience to the life of trials. God doesn't want you to be handicapped. He wants you to be fully exposed to the life of the Spirit. Now the word trials is a word that speaks of outward testing to bring about good. Later on in the chapter, James uses it to describe also inward temptations due to the sinful nature of man, but the context clears it up. Now, these trials are to be distinguished from the temptations that I would bring upon myself from my own inward sinfulness, as described in verse 14 and 15 of this first chapter. God does not tempt me, neither tempts he any man with evil. So I can exclude those. These are trials that God brings upon my life. Testings. It's also to be distinguished from consequences that I bring about for my own life. Though God is gracious and benevolent enough to forgive me for all my sins and to make a new creature of me, there are some things and some decisions I have made in my life that will bring back to me consequences. And God in all His love cannot nor will He remove them. I'm to distinguish those from trials also. He gives us a tremendous promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says that he will never allow us to be tested or tried beyond our ability to endure. But with every testing or trial, listen, he will give you and I the way of escape. What a great promise. That is not an absolute promise when I want to go out and sow. That is not an absolute promise when I tempt myself. Though God's grace will be present even then, that promise does not cover those two. I must distinguish between that which God brings to my life 
and that which I bring to my own life from within or from without. I think an athlete is the greatest example of having proper attitude. An athlete having proper attitude and knowing what is involved in competition and in gaining what he is striving for, he must sacrifice, he must yield to pain, he must discipline his life. Having the right attitude, he can confront things in the right way. You know, I discipline my children more severely for attitude than for action. I can always change the action because I overpower my children. But that doesn't mean that they've learned the lesson. I am more interested in the attitude because the attitude will shape their entire life. If I can get to the attitude, the action will be done away with. The action is the symptom. The cost is the attitude. So important. I fear lest too often the believer feels that trials are God's way of getting back to him or punishing him. Or that trials are simply because I have done something wrong. When in fact they are normal for the life of a Christian. I am to expect trials. I am not to pray for trials. They're going to come anyway. <laughs> but I'm to expect them. How often we have responded to trials in the flesh rather than the spirit. And we actually end up adding to our own hurt. And we make the situation worse. We not only murmur against God. But we add to our hurt. We aren't learning what God is trying to teach us. By the way, God isn't primarily interested in your happiness. Sorry to disappoint you. Somehow we get the message today from the pulpit that God is interested in your happiness first. No, He's not. Your happiness will be involved along the way, but that's not the primary concern. If I was interested in my children's happiness all the time, First of all, I would destroy my children. My children go through some unhappy times. And it's good. Probably the best lessons they're ever going to learn. We will have trials in every level of life till the Lord takes us home. Isn't that an encouraging message this morning? You will have trials to the day the Lord takes you home. This is the first one that James speaks about. Trials of your faith. The book of James is very hard to outline. But there is one central theme that we can tie everything to. And it is the word faith. Your faith. Not faith to do though that will come into play in the book, but your faith, who you are, a Christian, a life 
practicing faith. Not the gift of faith, but a life practicing faith. If you're real, then let's see it. Just from verse, from chapter 1 to 5, he says we will have trials of faith, our faithfulness towards God here in the opening verses. He says we'll have trials of temptations of our flesh in the latter portion of this first chapter. Trials of being a doer of the word at the end of the chapter. Trials of favoritism beginning chapter 2 down to verse 13. That is a trial, isn't it? Trials of substantiating your faith by works. Oh, I believe. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. But you're a tree without fruit. You've got a healthy trunk. All kinds of neat leaves. You've got nice shape. Good shade. But no fruit. No work to substantiate your faith. Now, I know this doesn't apply to you or you ladies, but the trials of your tongue, chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. How don't you wish you could nail that thing to a board? <laughs> trials of pride and self-love in chapter 4, verse, verse 17 verses. Trials of wealth and money, chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. Trials of waiting Patiently for the Lord's return, chapter 5, verse 7 through 12. That is trying, isn't it? I was sure he's going to come back before the 80s. I was sure he's going to come back for the 90s. But I'm to be patient. It is a trial. Trials of prayer, chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. Trials in every level of life. You know why? Because he loves me. The believer is to have a proper attitude regarding trials. If you don't begin here, you won't get any further. You must have the proper attitude regarding trials as a Christian. He's writing to Christians, my brethren. But next, James tells us the believers to have perceptive awareness regarding trials. In verse 3, he says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let me read that again. <laughs> Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How often we say, Oh, Lord, give me patience, and I want it right now. We are the most impatient people in the world when we are to be the most patient. Now James says that the believer is to know that trials are for the proof of a genuine faith. You see, God allows trials to come into my life only to prove that I am a genuine child of God. Not to disprove me, when you're at school and the teacher gives you an exam, she gives you an exam in order to pass it, not to flunk you. When I go to the doctor to get my yearly checkup, which I don't, 
It's to pass it, not to flunk it. And so God allows trials only to prove the genuineness of my faith. Not my faith and power to believe, but my life of faith in Christ. That I am a Christian. The word testing means exactly that, to prove in order to reveal trustworthiness. is used two times in the New Testament. Here the first, the other one in 1 Peter chapter 1 through 7. The next book over, let me read that for you. He's talking about trials. Let me back up to verse 6. He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by grievous trials. Listen to this. That the genuineness, the word genuineness there is the very same word as testing in James. The genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, God wants to enrich us through trials. He doesn't want to slay us. He doesn't want to make us miserable. James also says that the believer is to know that the testing of our faith produces patience. You see, there's a purpose, there's a reason behind all that God does. He is sovereign. I don't always understand what or why God is doing what He's doing. I don't always know how He's going to work in the body here. Now, there are some ministers and ministries who have their whole thing all lined up already for the next 10 years on what they're going to do. I can't do that because I don't know what God's going to do. God hasn't called me to set out a plan for you, but God has called me to follow the plan that He has for you. And so He reveals it a little bit at a time. And I trust him for that. The word patience means endurance, perseverance. But the idea is an active steadfastness, not a mere passive bearing under. How often you come to somebody, you ask them, what are you, how's it going, brother? Oh, you know, all right, just, you know. Under the burden, what in the world are you doing under there? Just biting the bullet, you know, I'm suffering for Jesus. It's not just gritting your teeth and going through it and saying, yes, I love Jesus. But it's an act of steadfastness. Now, when a man is falling off a cliff and he happens to grab onto a ledge, would you agree that he's actively being steadfast? With every energy in his body. Now, when he gets pulled up, he doesn't complain about it, does he? That's the picture. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating how God is able to use trials to teach patience 
as we are tested in our faith. And there's more simple truths from James chapter 1 coming next time. But if you've missed any part of today's message, you can hear it again anytime online. Just look for today's date when you click on the radio listings link when you log on to CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Of course, you can always pick up your own personal copy as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply, Riches Through Trials. It's available on CD for just $4. Now that title again is Riches Through Trials. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com